So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this reading, and, and this is part two of our stewardship series, the first part uh, was something else, this part is something else. No, it's, it's a three-part series, and few people realize I'm preaching a stewardship series. Uh, this one is on our community. The first one was on our faith, on being good stewards of our faith, picking up the mantle that others handed us. And, and going with it. Um, and today is a steward of our community, uh, recognizing what you have in a faith community and doing all you can to further it. Um, and I want to read most of chapter 7 because I know for me, uh, I'm not a really religious guy. I'm a very faithful guy. But I have a lot of trouble with religion, and I know it seems weird to have a guy standing in the pulpit with Rev in front of his name and tell you that. But I'm going to be gut-level honest with you today, and it starts there. And in this reading, the narrow gate or the narrow door is, is one of those readings that a lot of people use to keep people out. And as I posited in the children's message, I think Jesus might have intended something far different from this message. And often, the best way to tell Jesus' intentions is to prayerfully read everything around those words and see what he's getting at. And so, here's everything before the narrow gate and a little bit after. Jesus says, Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye, while the log is in your eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow, and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. So buried in the middle of this is that idea of the narrow gate. Right in the middle. 
we run a whacked out church here. <laughs> I don't know if you realize that. Do you realize that? <laughs> we run a whacked out church here. We, we do things a lot differently than other people do. Uh, and it's just who we are. Uh, it's who we've always been. We talked a little bit about that last week, how this was a frontier church. This, when this church was created, they still have a, had a problem with people being attacked by wolves in this area. Uh, and as people moved west, uh, the frontier was right at the Genesee River, or the, the Honeyoy Creek right down there. It got wild right after that. And so we have always been a frontier church. There are frontier churches and there are fortress churches, as Paul Nixon says. A, a fortress church is one that is trying to protect its traditions. And it, it, it tries to dispense a, a pure form of the gospel. And there is definitely a place for that kind of church because that's part of your memory of tradition. We're a different sort of church. We're a frontier church. We make some things up as we go along prayerfully. Um, and as we've said before, in 1834, we separated by, from our only means of support, the Presbyterians, because they weren't moving fast enough on abolition for us. In 1893, a good long time before they even had the right to vote, we had our first woman pastor. There was an objection from the head deacon in hiring this woman pastor. His objection was, she's too good for us, she'll never stay. <laughs> I remember in my own youth, during the race riots which hit Rochester, Reverend Ed Kennedy organizing worship at a black church in downtown Rochester and taking us all in there to worship. We were afraid of the city. We, we locked our doors at Henrietta. Yeah? And that's what he did. During the height of the anti Japanese fervor of the 1970s, the anti-Asian fervor of the 1970s, um, we hired a Korean pastor. We, we became open and affirming of people regardless, regardless of their orientation way too late, way later than we should have, but far sooner than most of our sister churches have. And this is how we roll. We see ourselves as a frontier. We are not trying to hold it in. We are not trying to maintain purity. We are trying to get the word out to everyone we can. That's who we are. That's how we roll. And I get hate mail. You guys should see some of the stuff I get from folks. Sometimes it's wedged in the door and anonymous, so I pick it up in the morning. Uh, sometimes it's threatening. Sometimes it's electronic. And uh, it's, it's from people who are sure I am leading you all to hell. Um, and I get a lot of it. I get a lot of pushback like that. So, this thought of the narrow door and this understanding that I've been taught of that concept and I've come prayerfully to consider a proper way to look at it, um, I probably wouldn't be able to be a pastor in a lot of churches <laughs> because of my tongue and, and because of my outlook and my beliefs. Um, but this place has welcomed me and welcomed me for more than 17 years now. That's right. I was taught those beliefs right here, Robin. You're absolutely right by people like your mom and dad and others. 
and others, and Mary Lou right back there, and, and so many others. Um, and this sort of place saves lives. It saved my faith. It saved my faith. When, when I get too much from religious people explaining to me all the ways that I am wrong and all the ways that I don't understand God or Jesus. And when, when you have taken your family through poverty uh, to study the Word and you have studied the ancient languages and you, you spend time with your Bible every day and, and you devote your time to the Gospel and you have someone ask you if you know Jesus Christ. That's tough stuff. And my job is to put down my hatred. And yes, it's not too strong a word. My hatred of them. My job is to set that down and not carry it as baggage and to keep moving forward. When, when people post things on my Facebook site that suggest to me that dear friends I know are going to hell because of how God made them, I am thankful for this church, for this faith community. And I fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love with it. And I am thankful for the teachers who brought me along to, to study Scripture with a mirror instead of a pointed finger. Because for me, that's what it comes down to. If I'm reading my Bible and I'm reading to find confirmation of all the people who have it wrong, instead of reading for all the ways that maybe I could get it more right, could, could turn my own life in a way that will be more pleasing to God, then I, I really I, am turning the Bible into a blunt instrument. And that is something that I don't want to do. And I don't think anyone really wants to do it. So, stewards of a community, stewards of a community of faith that is this remarkable, that is, is this confounding to people who, who don't understand what we're doing and what we're about. To be stewards of this community, we first of all have to be friendly and loving to all whom we meet. If we get slapped in one cheek, we turn the other cheek. And in this day and age, you will get slapped silly. It's a good thing we're silly to begin with. <laughs> but I would like for you to walk away today from church with the idea of the narrow door burned into your brain. And think about the things that are monkeys on your back. Think about the things that are baggage that you're carry, carrying. Think about your, your forms of bigotry and tribalism. Think about your addictions, your, the things you are, are selfish and greedy with. And try to strip those away. And when you inevitably encounter people who don't understand who you are or whose you are, when you encounter those who are so on fire with God's grace that they can't find it in their hearts to extend it to you, I urge you to extend it to them. That's how you're being brought up in a beautiful place like this. And that's the godly way. And that's why it's so darn difficult. Jesus must have been so ticked off so many times at those people 
that just would not hear and would not see and would not trust all the miracles that were happening and swirling around him. But he loved them and he forgave them. He didn't let them knock him off his path. It's hard. It's so hard to focus on on dropping your own baggage when other people are hurling rocks at you. But that's how this place tells us to go. Stewards of a community like this. It's very important. It's vital. Because there are so few others out there doing this work. There are so few other places. And how many of you have had the words come out of your mouth, thank God for this place? How many of you sitting here today are in the last church you thought you'd ever visit because you were just about ready to give up on it completely? We're a frontier. We're glad you're here. We love you. God loves you. And let's be incredibly good stewards of this vital, vital community. I'd love, even though it's not in our tradition, to get an amen. Amen. That's pretty cool.